Metabulous 2 podcast on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Episode 1. Hello and welcome everyone. I am David. And I am Ben. And during this quarantine period of the COVID-19 virus, we thought it'd be a good to do a Metabulous 2 special. And we are doing a daily podcast about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy radio drama which uh, debuted this month 42 years ago and as any hitchhikers fan knows 42 is a special number and it's a magic number so we are going to talk about episode one of the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy yeah we certainly are that was a very that was a very measured peter jones style introduction well congratulations yeah yeah uh, Peter Jones, uh, talk about him. He is quite the voice actor on BBC Radio 4. Uh, if you, growing up in the 70s and 80s, you might have heard him as Mervyn Bunter in the Lord Peter Whimsey Mysteries. I would not have heard that because I really can't okay. stand um, Lord Peter Whimsey. <laughs> but what I would have heard um, would have been um, him as a regular... One of the regulars, along with Kenneth Williams and Clement Freud, on Just a Minute. Oh, yes, yes. Which, of course, was produced by Simon Brett, mm-hmm. who, of course, also was the part producer of the first series of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yep, he, he did the pilot, which is uh, the first episode. Apparently, I read on the internet, they were looking for someone who had a Peter Jones-style voice mm-hmm. to do the voice of the book, and then eventually just ended up asking Peter Jones, and he said mm-hmm. yes. Yep, Eric Idle, I believe, turned him down. Or maybe no, it was My- Michael Palin. Michael Palin. Michael, pa- oh, Michael Palin would have been good. Eric Idle <laughs> would have been awful, but Michael Palin would have been excellent. But mm-hmm. Peter Jones was great. Um, on just a minute, Peter Jones was always my favorite. <laughs> well, I guess Kenneth Williams was always my favorite. Mm-hmm. But the kind of the kind of Division Two just a minute speakers, um, I much preferred Peter Jones, Clement Freud. Mm-hmm. But he was a, a definitely a known voice to oh, the yes. listening audience. And yes. yes. It's pretty much we just have uh, the book, which is Peter Jones, and then we have Simon Jones as Arthur Dent and Jeffrey McGiven in this first episode as Ford Prefect. Did you, in the United States, did you get the joke of a Ford Prefect? Uh, no, we didn't. We didn't know it was a car. <laughs> yeah, it was the worst. It was the worst Ford car, basically. It was like the Ford Prefect was like, ugh, really? They were, I think they were built in Dagenham. And um, yeah, if you had a Ford Prefect, oh goodness, yeah, that was um, that was no good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, especially because um, I think he says that he'd arrived on Earth fifteen years before, right? Right, it's so something like mid, that. Yeah, it was the mid sixties. Yeah, no, uh, mm-hmm. don't don't ever get a Ford Prefect. <laughs> I mean, it basically it comes off the kind of British predilection for naming cars after public school things, and by public school I mean private school. And that was, uh, yeah, that was the Ford Prefect. Mm. Okay. So a lot of things uh, get kicked off. A lot of things associated with Hitchhiker's Guide is immediately kicked off in this first serial. Most importantly is the book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which, uh, as it turns out, was very uh, premonition of such as things like a Wikipedia, which replaced the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica, for example. The Hitchhiker's Guide replaces the Encyclopedia Galactica. Yeah, which is in the, in the, the Encyclopedia Galactica. That's an Asimov thing, isn't it? Uh, I think his foundation. Yeah, the foundations. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I again, of course, hitchhiker. I mean, hitchhiking in general is a thing that doesn't really happen anymore. 
Um, but it was huge in the 70s. It was the 60s, 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of marks out the show as being a kind of vaguely boomer exercise in some ways. Um, you know, like Hitchhiker's Guides and sort mm-hmm. of, I don't know, Guide to the Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Right. And especially having the Eagles do the um, do the <laughs> intro. Yeah. Um, not that not the Douglas Adams Douglas Adams actually asked the Eagles to to do it, but it is on mm-hmm. an Eagles album, of course. It is. It's uh, Journey of the Sorcerer is the theme song, and it's very banjoey, which I guess fits with hitchhiking. Hitchhiking exactly, and fits fits with just being you know free and easy and just hitchhiking around the galaxy, which of course is what is what is hilarious because of course mm-hmm. Arthur Dent is deliberately portrayed as a very kind of buttoned up Englishman of some kind who mm-hmm. then has to you know. Cut loose with the uh, <laughs> with Ford <laughs> with Ford Prefect, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Now, when did you first hear this? Did you first hear this in '78? Yeah, I can't remember. I mean, I was a big fan of BBC Radio Comedy. Yeah. Um, I used to listen to something called The Burkis. Well, it, I think it was The Burkis Way to Happy Dynamic Living, which was a previous kind of sketch comedy um, show that um, Simon Brett produced. Um, mm-hmm. So I was a big fan of the Burkis Way, and also I was a big fan of Just a Minute, and the Men from the Ministry. I was a big fan of. I don't, I'd have to look that up to find out who did the Men from. But I mean, there was a strong BBC Radio Comedy strand at six thirty, I think, of an evening. That's when Just a Minute was on. I think mm-hmm. Hitchhiker was was on slightly later. But no, I I, I listened to it from the get go. Okay, how about you? I, I didn't hear it until after the National Public Radio Star Wars drama and National Public Radio was looking for something to fill the radio drama slot. And oh, really? I think Hitchhikers came in right after Star Wars. So Interesting. I was primed in, I think, 1980, 81 for uh, Star Wars. And then uh, Hitchhikers came in and fell in love with it right away. And that also coincided right at the time that I started watching Doctor Who on um, public broadcasting. And it all just gelled together and uh, for me, Hitchhikers is really an extension or it's another take on the Doctor Who universe. It's a more comedic take, but I definitely see definitely the Tom Baker Doctor of season 17, which Douglas Adams uh, yeah. script edited, fitting very well within the whole uh, Hitchhikers universe. Well, this was about the time that I was starting to like get a little bit irritated with Doctor Who because I really didn't care for the Williams era when it kind of started. Hmm. So it was interesting. I did, but I I loved I loved Hitchhikers. It was just my sense of humor, mm-hmm. and because I like science fiction, and it was a show that was both referential, both kind of rever- You know, it it treated science fiction seriously, mm-hmm. um, but also you know dealt with the kind of absurdities of that kind of space opera. You know, the kind of the Asimov style, uh, Asimov Heinlein style of science fiction, which, you know, was really, really very well done. Mm -hmm. And the thing that struck me uh, listening to it this afternoon is it's very in your face evolutionary uh done with humor but it's it's definitely agnostic atheist perspective on on the universe and that came across like from the very very beginning with ulan kalufid and uh just you know where god went wrong some more of god's greatest mistakes and who is this god person anyways and then a little bit a little bit later that about wraps it up for god so (laughs) (laughs) you kind of wonder 
if uh, Richard Dawkins was a, a, a performance artist that was created by Douglas Adams. <laughs> <laughs> it all did, kind of fits did together. That, did that cause any problems in the States? Because, I mean, you're famously... It's famously yeah. like a ridiculously religious country for some utterly yeah. unknown reason. I was like ten years old. If it did, it you would have notice. washed right over me. And it was yeah. it was national public radio. I mean, it was liberals. liberals and heathens, anyways. So Nefties, yeah, yeah. Uh, I listened to this first episode on a Sunday, and there's a couple of things that jumped out for me that I hadn't kind of pulled off before. But the uh, the mayor, I can't remember her name now, who kind of you know announces the. Opening the bypass as Arthur's house is, is being destroyed. Very much that's Margaret Thatcher that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives uh, me great pleasure. <laughs> great gives me great pleasure to bloody well destroy your house. And you better like it. Because that was the Thatcher way. Now, this was actually before Thatcher had become prime minister. But um, mm-hmm. we all knew that she was going to be prime minister. And she was a horrible mm-hmm. Tory, so that was fine. The other thing is I hadn't realised that... Um, both the Vogon and the um, Prosser was played by. Hang on, I thought I thought I wrote it down. Bill Wallace. Oh, Bill Wallace, who was a compl- I mean, that is such a familiar voice. He was a complete standby on uh, BBC Comedy Radio, mainly on a show called Weekending, which huh. was a kind of a weekly satire show which was on uh, Saturday evenings. Um, and it was kind of a sort of a Saturday Night Live thing. Basically, they would kind of write the show over the week and mm-hmm. then perform it on Saturday. And Bill Wallace was just, he, he was he was the voice of that show, basically. Right. Uh, right. So even though, you know, he's doing two voices, like, you know, the Vogon and Prosser, it's, oh, it's Bill Wallace doing both of those voices. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. It leapt out at you, but not at the time. Or? At the time, it did as well. I mean, I, I, only, I mean, I haven't listened to these for years, so it reminded me because I was a big, I was a big weekending fan as well. You uh-huh. see, so uh, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I definitely recognised that voice at the time, and that gave it some kind of familiarity. The other thing that gets really established early on, I thought, was alcohol. So you have the Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster. Uh, going in there and uh six pints for a fiver and keep the change i'm i'm sure that's uh i think probably long I think gone you'd, you'd be lucky to get a pint and a half for a fiver nowadays mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so that that bit was uh it, it's it's a time capsule of 1977 78 there in that that time frame and there's a lot of humor that washes over a 10 year old child when you hear it from the triple breasted horror of erotica six and right right (laughs) and just the booze talk it's very adult but it's accessible to kids because it's funny and it's aliens and yeah and it was i mean there's a slightly kind of bawdy humor i mean just um one of the reasons i like the burkis way so much was because it had a kind of bawdy humor to it which you know felt mm-hmm. a little bit kind of transgressive so you know hearing about breasts and like pints and things was like right mm, yes i'm listening to something that grown-ups like right and they're laughing at it i don't know exactly. if your parents laughed at it at all oh god no no, no, no my, <laughs> my parents were my parents were completely uninterested in this kind of radio drama yeah, it was probably geared towards more 20-somethings, early 30-year-olds. You know, I'm not sure who it was geared to, to be honest. I mean, that's actually one of the great things about the BBC, especially BBC Radio, in for most of its history, is it kind of sort of made itself um, mm-hmm. and was kind of more geared to itself than it was to any kind of, you know, idea of audience. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't think anyone would have sat down and said, we need a new show to appeal to 20-somethings. Mm-hmm. They just went like, oh, I don't know. We all we all went to Cambridge with Douglas. He's bound to be a good chap. <laughs> Let's give him a show with with, yeah. with with Simon, who's also a good chap, who's at Cambridge as well. They're mm-hmm. all at Cambridge, basically. Cambridge was where all this stuff started. Uh-huh. Um, and, of course, I hate that because I went to Oxford. <laughs> a little bit of rivalry. <laughs> yeah, we're famously unfunny. Apart from Leon Herring, of course, who I'm a big fan of. They, um, they both went mm-hmm. to Oxford. And Armando Anucci. So I think the, certainly the, um, the comedy of the 60s, 70s and 80s was Cambridge, but then Oxford took over in the kind of 90s and 2000s. Well, this always made a big impact on the generation that went on to do more with the internet and stuff in the Babelfish really leapt out at right. the Universal Translator, which the old search engine Alta Vista had Babelfish there, which would translate. And it's it immediately gets beyond the how can I understand the aliens bit by slipping a little yellow fish in your ear. Yeah, and I think this, again, is what's kind of a little bit interesting about the show because I think we've we've sort of talked about this and with, with regards to Doctor Who is that, um, uh, and it's, it's kind of high, hard to pass out exactly what the difference is, but it is weird that... Um, when English things move to America, they get taken over by particular kind of subsections of the population, hmm. whereby in England, as I've just said, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was just another BBC Radio 4 comedy show. It wasn't supposed to be for kind of science fiction nerds or kind of budding hmm. computer engineers as mm-hmm. if there were, you know, all it wasn't supposed to be for that. Mm-hmm. And just like Doctor Who, you know, was a... Was a a huge tea time family drama. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't geared towards a sci-fi audience at all, really. Right. And I suspect, actually, that, that I, I don't really know, but I suspect that Hitchhikers wasn't really thought of as being, you know, a show for people who like sci-fi. Mm-hmm. It was just another silly comedy show on Radio 4, which specialised in silly comedy shows. Huh. I mean, I think it's kind of instructive that Simon Brett the kind of original producer, you know, Mm -hmm. really went on to be a a detective author um, after he kind of left the BBC Mm. um, and is known for writing kind of sub-Agatha Christie complicated murder mysteries set in English villages, you know. Okay. Not a sci-fi guy at all. Uh Uh-huh. So it was a broad appeal, probably. Yeah, and and again, you know, if you look what Douglas Adams did after... You know, after, I mean, you know, he famously wasn't really able to write anything <laughs> at all. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he he wasn't a sci-fi guy, really. Right. He was a science guy. Right. He wasn't really a sci-fi guy. Yeah. yeah. And so Adams was looking for work and he sent his pilot to the Doctor Who production team. And Bob Holmes was on his way out as script editor. And Tony Reed and Graham Williams were looking for writers and they liked what Adams was pitching and that led to write something in the key to time series and that led to the pirate planet. So okay. all, all of a sudden he was getting a lot of work from the hitchhikers. So it must've resonated quite a bit with people at the BBC at least. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think, I think when it really started to take off, you know, towards the end of the run of the show, I think they realized they had a, a hit on their hands. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, the problem that they had was that they had a writer for their mm-hmm. hit who, mm-hmm really wasn't, wasn't that interested in writing it, if you see what I mean. Actually, this is a, so I'm just looking at my little notes I made. One of the things that I really picked up listening to it yesterday is how much um, Ford Prefect reminded me of Paul McGann's performance of The Eighth Doctor. Really? 
Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I really got a kind of McGann. I mean, maybe McGann on audio more than anything, but that kind of open-faced enthusiasm, yet also kind of knowledgeableness about uh-huh. what's going on in the universe. So uh-huh. it would be interesting to find out. Whether that's anything that, I mean, I don't think he's was a science fiction fan at all, so probably not, but that really kind of resonated with me a little bit. And I'm just kind of wondering whether Prefect, whether Ford Prefect is a kind of, you know, a Doctor Who stand in a little bit. It could be, it could be, because... He's the person who whisks whisks off of someone into space. Yep, with a, a electronic thumb or, or sub-ether thumb or something. Yeah, or a TARDIS. Or a TARDIS, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably a good place to cap it off. We don't want these to go longer than the episode itself. So no, I, no, yeah, we 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 we're people who know where our towel is, basically. <laughs> yeah, so many so many tropes get established in this first series. So. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So it's it's worth a listen, and we will be back with uh, episode two tomorrow. So until tomorrow, I've been mostly harmless, and I know where my towel is. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>